global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. The Bloomberg Futures Report brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts with low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are higher, tracking oil as the commodity traded near a six-month high. With stocks poised to rebound following the S&P 500 steepest drop in a month. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up nine and a Half points. Dow E-mini futures up 60, and Nasdaq E-mini futures up 18. Ten-year Treasury down 10.30 seconds. The yield 1.76 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.74 percent. Nymex crude oil up 1.4 percent or 67 cents to 46.91 a barrel. Comex gold up about a tenth of a percent, up a dollar to 12.76.60 an ounce. The euro a dollar 13.97. The yen 109.18. And Bayer exploring a potential bid for U.S. competitor Monsanto. Monsanto up 11.5% this morning. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Well, a lot going on, as Tom said. Uh, almost impossible to keep up with everything that is happening. And a lot of it, uh, from Brexit to Brazil, has uh, impacts on the bond markets. Uh, leader Capital Portfolio Manager Ben Emmons joins us now. Uh, ben, uh we we asked on a uh, macro basis which of these two crises uh, or or uh, news impending news events hanging over the world is more important but uh on a uh, on a forex and on a, a bond market fixed income basis which is having the most impact uh you know in terms of uh, of actually moving markets uh, good morning mike and tom thanks for having me back um well i do think that the Brexit debate is really starting to heat up now. You saw it today in the press conference with the Bank of England. So that is becoming a front and center event that's going to have impact on markets. Um, the situation in Brazil, as you mentioned, it's ongoing. It actually, ironically, has helped Brazilian uh, stock, bond, and currency markets because it's taken away uncertainty about the, the, you know, the impending impeachment and therefore markets react more positively. Um, I would also note, though, that another development that's going on is that the Chinese yuan continues to weaken again, and that will also become a focus of markets because that was the big event earlier this year that drove a lot of uncertainty in financial markets. So I would say Brexit is front and center. That's what people are going to start looking at. As you can tell from the press conference from the Bank of England, that it's like a two-way scenario, right? If it becomes yes or no, what is the scenario? That causes the uncertainty. So right. I would say that's the case. Yeah, and, and it's thrilled to have you on, Ben, this morning with a, with a cacophony is the right word of, of news that's out there. I would suggest, Ben, Mark Carney maybe runs a press conference that everybody would hope for from every central bank. And I don't know if that's from his Goldman days or his Canada days, Bank of Canada days, but a couple meetings ago he was clear on inflation and today he was exceptionally clear in his language within the tension on recession in some of these themes. He's, it's, do you agree it's about our clearest statement by a major central banker? Yeah, I do, because the more transparent they are, the, the more markets will, will behave more orderly, I guess, right, in, in the sense that 
if he comes out with vague language what could happen and it's not clear, then markets are, are just not going to know what's going to happen next. Therefore, you get more volatility. So Mark Carney has been always about this. I mean, he's been one of the first people to pioneer with his forward guidance at the Bank of Canada. And as he said today, as you noted, you know, that he actually likes to see in the future that their meetings will be completely open, right? that literally the entire world can see their meeting. And in other words, you want to create as maximum transparency as possible so then you can control market volatility. I don't think that you can fully control it, though, because ultimately markets will just determine you know, what's value, what's not, based upon the action of a Bank of England or other central bank. But this transparency is something that he advocates, which, as we know, Yellen as well, as well as Ben Bernanke, all of them have increased transparency over time, and we'll probably see more of that. So getting a live meeting of the Bank of England in front of the press is not, not impossible, right, that that would happen in the future. Uh, how are people going to play this? Uh, when you look at the pound, it's up three-tenths now, or up to 144.95, even though Mark Carney warned that Brexit could mean a substantial deterioration in sterling's value. So do you go up to the last minute and then uh, and then try to get out? Or uh, are there enough hedges that people can put on that they can continue to trade higher knowing they got some downside protection? Right. So I think that, that what people have done is that, of course, June 23rd is the meeting of the, the day. So if you look at, at the sterling options market, and currencies or in forward markets, yeah, there's some of that positioning happening there. But I think the broader way of playing it is about taking past sort of events into consideration of what markets could do. In other words, when we had a referendum in the 90s in Denmark to be in the euro or not, uh, no, that obviously led to a lot of shake-up. Uh, when we had referendums after that in Europe, again about the euro, led to shake-up. So in other words, there's volatility around that event. My sense is that if you want to position yourself, it's a combination of having a portfolio that's offensive because yeah. you're getting central bank reaction to this volatility. At the same time, you have to be defensive going no. into it. So it's like that kind of balanced portfolio. We're going to try to mix things up here. Ben Emmons with us. Thrilled to have him on from Leader Capital. He's a quiet, smart voice within an incredible news morning. Mike, can we come back and talk to Mr. Emmons about our full faith and credit debt? Possibly he would know a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. I, I think he should. <laughs> is it going to remain? It's 924. I have no idea where Speaker Ryan is or Mr. Trump or Secretary Clinton or Senator Sanders. But we know we do know where Ben Emmons is. So maybe we'll talk to him about some of our theories of fiscal policy and debt. Take a break from uh, the immense swirl of, of international macroeconomics that we've seen this morning. Again, we especially thanks David Blanchfar of Dartmouth College for his appearance this morning. He and two, 199 other economists signed a letter saying, don't do Brexit. Made a big splash. Charles Goodhart, Stephanie Flanders, Tony Yates from Birmingham, among others. We're going to come back with Ben Evans. We hope you enjoy this on economics, finance, investment, on international relations. Michael McKee and Tom Keen from New York and to you worldwide. Bloomberg Surveillance. We are counting down to the opening bell, brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.